Alright, hello guys, welcome here to Sunday Morning Tinkle. Great week of sports. Buzzer be or I'm sorry, upsets in college basketball. Huge trades. This is just, uh, can we just agree that March in general has to be the best month in all sports? At least this year, yes. <laughs> that is true. Alright, let's get into it. So, of course, we'll start, coming up on the show, we're going to talk a big, one of the big trades um, that might or might not have made a whole lot of sense um march madness we're gonna talk that and then of course we got tinkle on this and of course um a fun one at that um but we begin with our tinkle rundown and you started last time i start this time um before yeah. before i begin i just want to wish you all a happy saint patty's day weekend don't do what i did um and get shit-faced um yeah, 25 years old, and I still haven't learned my lesson. So, anyway, here we go. Um, let's go back to the Chargers. Of course, they got Joseph Day from the Rams. They got J.C. Jackson. The Chargers are straight up. They're one of two teams now. Or, if anything, they are the team now with no excuses Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. I mean, Joe Burrow's got protection now. He also has no excuses to go out and do what he does best. But for Herbert and the Chargers, they have so much weight on their shoulders entering this season. It's not even funny. I'm not going to lie. There seems to be a big theme. And, and the only team that kind of got a little, I guess, a little better offensively at least in the ASE is I know I know you're probably going to be like well yeah Chiefs have already been kind of great and all that other stuff but the, the Chiefs yeah they add Juju it's only one year um, Juju's another distraction <clears throat> but look at it this way too look at the production before we I mean I don't want to go too deep into that but um, if you want to talk about Juju with the Chiefs, look at the production that he had in Pittsburgh when they had Antonio Brown. Tony Brown got double teamed. Juju had the best year of his career. The yeah. same thing is going to happen, and this is what scares me about the Chiefs. Hill is going to get double teamed, and Juju is going to get a lot of production. That's the only thing that kind of scares me about the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Or he could so, be another Sammy Watkins type situation. Could be. Exactly. But about the Chargers, what I've been noticing about a lot of the teams in AFC and, and, and the Broncos itself are a lot of teams in AFC are going defensive heavy. Yep. And I want to know if it's because they're trying to go defensive heavy to combat the Chiefs high-powered offense. And, and then the if that's yeah, exactly. And if that's true, the AFC is about to get very interesting this yeah. year. The AFC is this is why You're going to probably hear me say this a lot. Until September hits, I cannot wait for NFL season 2022. Yeah. And, 
can I just say, I I agree with you as far as the Chiefs go, okay? Why would teams get so defensive heavy? And here's the best part. Every team that got defensive heavy, three of them were in the AFC West. Oh, I know. Okay. Um, Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory in Denver. You got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack in L.A. Mm-hmm. And now you got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Oh, I know. <laughs> in Oakland or in uh, Vegas. Okay. Yeah. They want Patrick Mahomes twice a year. They want to challenge him. Okay. These defenders. And here's the thing Chandler Jones was not by trade. Same with Max Crosby. Okay. Khalil Mack was by trade. Randy Gregory was a signing. It shows that these guys want to take down the best. Okay. Yeah, you could say, oh, well, they got paid. That's why they went there. Well, yeah, but you want the challenge of having to take down arguably the greatest quarterback in football right now. Um, Actually, I'm sorry, the second greatest because Tom Brady's back. That's another story we forgot. Tom Brady's back. Um, But who's who's surprised? Who's surprised? I mean, come on now. He was literally retired for like two months. But <laughs> yeah. Lots of rumors of why he came back. I, uh, the one I read was LeBron talked him back into it. But I don't want to believe everything I read, obviously. Um, <laughs> but as far as the Chargers go, they still got two key issues I think they could address in free agency. Number one, the running back situation. Austin Eckler right. doesn't want to be RB1 all you know, 400 snaps or 500 snaps a year. He wants, he has said in the past, he wants someone to take the weight off of him so he can do what he does best. I mean, there's probably not many running backs left. I mean, if I look right here. I mean, not right now that are available in free agency. (laughs) Leonard Fournette's out there. Just saying, Leonard Fournette's out there. Uh, and you got no, I, I'm sure you know teams that need a running back oh. don't go after him. Yeah, I mean, look at what he did in Tampa Bay. Here, like, <laughs> here's the other thing: Corderell Patterson's out there. Just saying, yeah. he's a he. He's kind of like a combo guy, so yeah. But he, actually, that one, I I, I scratched what I said there. The problem with uh, Corderell Patterson is his skill set is similar to Austin Eckler's. He's a receiving back by trade. Right. So, I, I don't know about that one. David Johnson, he's fallen off a cliff the last few years. Um, Tariq Cohen had one lucky year, and then that was it. So, to me, the one that makes the most sense, Leonard Fournette. Okay. You get a goal line back. And that kind of scratches you know, my. It makes me scratch my head how he's still available. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I would want him. Okay, if not him, maybe Sony Michelle. You know, I feel like Michelle could be a nice little change of pace back. Oh yeah, I'd think about him. Huh? But you know, for right. sure, Leonard Fournette. We still got 30 million in cap space. The other position I would love for the Chargers to address. I wanted Zach Ertz so bad. I wanted him, 
Yeah, and he resigned with the Arizona yeah. Cardinals. Then I said, okay, maybe Austin Hooper would be a good option. <clears throat> nope. Austin Hooper signed with Tennessee. Um, I didn't really want O.J. Howard. I, I believe you're going to talk about that, but... I mean, somewhat. I, I, I mean, me, It doesn't he, look like it's on your list. So, I mean, O.J. would have been okay. I, I mean, he, he's an all right backup. I don't want to say starting yeah, material. He never really got his shot to show it. But um, let's see who else is available. Um, let's see. I obviously don't want Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. Age scares me, and Jimmy Graham hasn't been the same since he left New Orleans. Um, I mean, he was already Green Bay. It's yeah, he somewhat had an okay year, but he wasn't. He wasn't the top tight end he was in New Orleans. Okay, um, so that leaves me with Eric Ebron. But what scares me is Eric Ebron has not stayed healthy in the last few years. I mean, the last 16-game season he had was in 2018. You could argue 2020 would have been a 16-game year had he not gotten covid but that's out of his control. Yeah, oh, true. And if the Chargers can get Eric Ebron back to the level of production that he had his first year in Indy, you know, him and Parham could really do some damage and take, you know, it, it would be good for the inside game. So, honestly, Chargers uh, and uh, Tom Telesco, if you're listening to me, please go out there and get Eric Ebron like yesterday okay <laughs> offer him a big deal let him teach uh donald parham a little thing or two you know i've seen comparisons of parham to gates maybe in a few years i don't think he'll be top tight end level but you know he can certainly help out um mm -hmm. so um anyway i don't want to waste more time on this right so let's move on. New Monday Night Football booth, and it's two familiar faces. It's two guys we expected to take the job. Uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are the new Monday Night Football team. They'll be joining Lisa Salters. Um, yeah, I don't know how to feel about this, honestly. I mean... No lie, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think the guys that were there last season were terrible, but honestly, you get two guys that have been together for a good amount of years, so they have a lot of chemistry with each yeah. other, so I think I'm okay with the move for Monday Night Football. See, I didn't mind um, Riddick, though, to be honest. Riddick was good, Brian Greasy was okay. Um, Levy was the best one they've had since, uh, Mike Tirico. Yeah, Mike Tirico and John Madden. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tirico was pretty good, okay? He was a, he was an okay replacement for Al Michaels. But, um, Al Michaels still out there, and Fox does have a gap now at their number one play-by-play -play spot. Hey. Um, 
Could very well go to Fox. Yep, I saw rumors Greg Olson might be that guy. Because now they need um, two commentators for Fox's American... Um, the American Amer Game of the Week. Game of the Week, yeah. So, yeah. that spot is still out there for grabs, and it could be anybody. It'd be nice if they give it to Al Michaels. You want to know it? It if you saw, like I said, going back to back on the record with Bob Costas, Al Michaels had said to Bob Costas, "I he started out in baseball, and he loved baseball. Okay, now here's the sweet part. Not only does Fox have a gap at their number one play-by-play -play for football, they mm -hmm. have a gap at baseball now because Joe Buck was the lead commentator for baseball. No, yeah, Fox. Saying, you give Al Michaels the deal, and you tell him, you know, you're 76. If you want to co commentate on baseball, we'll give you the World Series. We'll let you call that. We'll let you call football, and we'll give you the same money we just gave that ESPN just gave Joe Buck for the next four years because they also got two out of the next three Super Bowls which is why this position is even bigger the stakes are even higher right now to get someone good because mm -hmm. obviously you don't want a complete moron covering the Super Bowl right exactly And can I just suggest if they're going to go in-house replacement maybe look no further than your uh, college football lead announcer, Gus Johnson, Mr. Excitement. <laughs> okay? Fans love the Gus, okay? What can I say? Um, but we'll, of course, keep an eye on that. But Monday Night Football might not be as watchable. <laughs> but at the same time, it might still be good. Because um, it all depends on when the season starts. Yeah. Um, then my final takeaway, Allen Robinson. I, I mentioned no excuses for certain teams. How about no excuses for players now? Allen Robinson has signed with the LA Rams. No more excuses, Allen. You have a top quarterback right now. Everyone has said for years you are top five. That uh, you are a top five potential wide receiver. You have no more excuses. You have Matt Stafford throwing you the ball. Okay. And right. in that deal as well, Robert Woods is expected to get traded, and they want to re-sign OBJ. The Rams might be more lethal now. I mean... Personally... I would think that with who you have, I mean, you have um, Cooper Cup, you have Allen Robinson, you have Van Jefferson. I don't think you even need Robert Woods or OBJ, to be honest with you. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it would be nice to go after OBJ, but you look at it, I'm like, where are you going to punt him? You're going to punt him in a slot? Like... I think that, like, Van Jefferson could be that kind of, like, slot, like, third slot guy. Like, I don't think you need all those guys. I mean, because OBJ was mostly playing on, like, the outside with Cooper Cup when, 
Robert Woods was hurt. And then Van Jefferson would be in the slot. Now you add Robinson that could play outside. You have Cooper Cup that can play, you know, slot and also outside. And then you have Van Jefferson that can play, you know, inside or anywhere you put him. So I look at it this way, it's like if you add OBJ as well, I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of firepower on that offense. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But would it be screaming a little too much? True. Firepower. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I get it. I mean I would love, I wanted Allen Robinson. Even with Mike Williams, I wanted Allen Robinson because I thought if we could get two big wide receivers that can go up and make the big catches, I would love it. But I'm fine if he, you know, I mean, Mike Williams is still good. They both have similar traits. So, I mean, for Allen Robinson, though, I, I, I like this deal, though. I think for him to finally get a good quarterback throwing him the ball you know again no excuses I feel like if they get OBJ back they have a real good shot at running it back because the NFC West the landscape has changed a little over there it's not the division where I think we can say all four teams are going in um seeing what Seattle has has done yeah. totally dismantling that team. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. We're we're still a ways away from and anything. Also, we don't know what's going on with San Fran either. Like, um, Jimmy G could eventually get mm-hmm. traded away, and then it becomes Trey Lance's um, team to take yeah. over. So, I hate to say it, for right now, I think this is going to be the Rams division to win for good amount of years to come until something else changes. Yep. So, but on to you now, because we still got a big story to cover. I don't want to throw it on. So, um, to big shocking news, which I almost totally forgot that he was out there and available. Von Miller goes to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the two-time Super Bowl winning linebacker going to the Bills in a much needed move to beef up the defense. Not gonna lie, um, he is much needed to help somebody. A, a pass rusher, a pass rusher that Buffalo has needed for years. Um, nothing against Jerry Hughes. Nothing against you know Kyle Williams. This is a guy that Buffalo has needed to get after the quarterback for years. I get it. Age plays in a factor. He's not the same explosive. Um, back to he once was in Denver. I understand that, but he's still somebody that can help that defense get after the quarterback, and he's also somebody that can be a locker room guy, that can be a captain, that can um, you know, go out there in the huddle, that can you know, rally that team around him. He is a great locker room guy. He's a great leader. Somebody that Buffalo needs to lead that defense against Tremaine Edmonds, but somebody that can, you know, place everybody where they need to be, you know, and read opposing quarterbacks. So, you know, in, in a sense, I think he's somebody that can be a quarterback of the defense that can help flow yeah. in a major way. So it, it's definitely a much-needed move. Um, and that's what I deal, said this deal is about. So, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and that's what I thought this deal was about. 
do I think six years is worth it for a 32-year-old? No, not at all. But I heard after three years he can opt out or the team can opt out and it won't hurt them. So, I don't know the in full extent, but... Yeah, I, I think I saw something that in reality it's like a three-year, $54 million contract or something like that. Yeah. So, which is but, fine. But, I mean, in those three years, whatever happens, happens. But yeah. um, for, for having him for three years... I'm hoping that there's going to be some big outcome out of this. Mm. But also in big news, Buffalo Bills bring back two familiar names to their defense. Two guys that were there in 2019. They bring back Jordan Phillips, who was an amazing defensive tackle for the team. I don't know why the hell they got rid of him. Um, I think he's definitely somebody that they should have had in 2020 when they went all the way to the AFC Championship game, because I think if they did have him, I think it would have helped out big time, because he's a... Hmm. can you know, go after the quarterback, that can stop the run. I th they finally bring him back. Jack Lawson, iffy. But after leaving Buffalo and really making a name out of himself, he bring comes back as a defense... You know, you know, to, to be the edge rusher. So I think that he can be somebody that can, you know, under the new, you know, system. And after the way that the Buffalo Bills have been playing, I think he's somebody, he knows his defense already. Somebody that can go out there and I think be a better player now that he made a, a little bit of a name of himself. So two guys that can really help out that defense. But honestly, Von Miller, I think was definitely the move that Buffalo needed to make, even though um, I'll, I will get more into the side of the offense. But in a, another big move, which I think is absolutely insane, Devontae Adams, Green Bay, we thought, okay, he gets offered a big-ass contract. I thought, okay, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are going to get, like, mega big deals to be one the highest paid quarterback and the highest paid wide receiver in the league. I thought, you know, signs are pointing to them sticking with sticking together two peas in the pod on Green Bay. Well, fortunately, apparently, I don't know if you saw this, but they posted the same last dance picture on their Instagram. Um, yeah. I remember right when they uh, agreed to come back the year that's when they posted it right yeah they both they both posted it like shortly a couple minutes after each other well they must have knew something was going to be up because Devante Adams got traded to the Raiders for a first and second round pick which I'm pretty sure Green Bay's probably going to draft a receiver for once mm -hmm. with one of those picks or... but awesome news He's going to get a five-year, I think $143 million deal to become the highest-paid receiver and reunites with Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. Mind you, their production, when they were in college together, Devontae Adams was leading the BCS in like the most receiving yards 
and I think touches and touchdowns or something like that. And then Derek Carr had the most passing yards and production ever in his college career in the two years that they, they were they were together. Is this for a sign to come in Las Vegas that maybe that offense just might be explosive between them? I get it. Carr has been iffy. He hasn't been that great. But you add Devontae Adams that can literally catch whatever you freaking throw to him. Does that increase Carr's production this year? It, it's going to be questionable, honestly. Like, I, I, I'm going to not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Derek Carr has always been one of the low, you know, he's been one of the lower end starters at best. You know, he gets boosted up so high, but he, he's really not that good, to be honest. He really hasn't proven to be worth it. And now this is much like the Chargers, a no excuse situation. But I, I will say this. All this for fourth place in the division because they're sure as hell not finishing third and they're sure as hell not finishing second. And if you thought they had a shot at first in the division, I think you need to uh, go reevaluate what football's all about. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> um, and then Josh McDaniels is the coach. Do I need to say more? Okay. So... I don't know. I, I'm. That's just where I'm going to stand here. All this for fourth place. Yeah, I know. Um, all I can say is that division is definitely going to be interesting mm -hmm. and um, a, mo a much-watched division. I think it's going to be the most intriguing competitive division out there. Yeah. But in football this year. What's going to be interesting, though, is what's going to happen to the um to the Packers now because this has got to be pissing off Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he he already said he does not want Lazard as his number 1, let alone Randall Cobb and the other one there. Okay. And well, Randall Cobb just took a pay cut too. Who like did? Randall Cobb, Randall yeah. Cobb took a pay cut. So that freed up some money for the Green Bay Packers. Um, they lost St. Brown to the Bears, the rival Bears. They lost St. Brown to to there, which kind of crazy it was in the Lions. Can yeah. you imagine the St. Brown brothers playing play on the same team? That would be something. Let's see. Um, but you look at it, you got Robert Woods that could possibly be traded. Um, yeah, Robert you know what could, Woods, I mentioned. You know what could honestly make the most sense? You trade him. One of those two picks that you got from the Devontae Adams trade, use that to get Robert Woods. Like, send the Rams, like, a second-round pick for Robert Woods. Like, I think that could work. I mean, yeah. Robert Woods was also mostly hurt, like, all of last year. So, you take a little bit of a risk there. But hmm. Jarvis Landry is also out there. Julio Jones is also out there. I mean, there's uh, options for Julio is kind of long, you know, he's done, I think. Those ACLs I get it. really ended there's still some, There's still some options out there that are available for yeah. Green Bay for temporary. Um, if they were smart, go after OBJ, I think. You know, yeah. I get it. He tore his ACL twice, but still. There's OBJ, there's Jarvis Landry, there's Julio, there's Robert Woods that you can trade for. Um, 
there's Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is out there. You could bring him in too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's options for Green Bay. I I if I'm gonna say this now, yeah. Green Bay, there's no excuses. It's time to go after a, a receiver. You have the money to do yeah. it. Yeah, you paid Aaron Rodgers a shit ton of money, but you still have money that you cleared up. Because yeah. right yeah. now, I need to say, Randall Cobb happens to be your number one receiver. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got to do something. Okay, like, Allen Robinson went off the board. Um, What is it? Juju, he was an arguable, arguable, like, solution. A temporary solution for number one. He's off the board now. Um, yeah, I know. Green Bay. All I can say, all I can suggest is you better act fast before you yeah. lose. Out. What about what about this one, Michael Thomas over in uh, New Orleans there? Because he's been rumored to be on the trade block for the last few years, and now that Deshaun Watson's not in New Orleans. And assuming Jameis Winston says, screw you, I don't want to come back because you didn't want me the first time. Now, now you don't have Teddy Bridgewater either because Teddy Bridgewater went to Miami. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying now, I mean, there's no Mitchell Trubisky. There's no Tyrod Taylor available. The best quarterbacks available right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick's out there, Andy Dalton's out there, um, Jacoby Brissett's yeah. out there, we and Marcus Mariota's out there. I knew that I wonder I want I honestly really want to know what Buffalo's backup option is gonna be too, because mm-hmm. technically you have Josh Allen and then you have mm-hmm. Davis Webb. Like that I'm sorry, Davis Webb can't be your backup option. I I mm-hmm. hate to say it. Like <laughs> here's here's what I don't get. How's Marcus Mariota still available? Because he's a guy who could arguably compete for a number one job anywhere else. Yeah, I know. I, I guess mean, I guess we'll have to have I'm, to wonder about those questions. I don't want to go I'm, too deep. About I'm not, it, I'm not gonna say he's a number one, but I'm just gonna say that he's arguably a solution at number one for a team like New Orleans. Yeah, before you know, or you know, I mean, yeah, he could be a temporary, temporary number one unless they you know draft a, a quarterback. But um, going forward, about like I said, um, about a team that. Really hasn't been focusing too much on the offensive side. They released Cole Beasley. Um, really, the only offensive guy that they brought in to possibly kind of add a, a different dynamic to the offense is in OJ Howard. Um, but Cole Beasley is a true act. He praised Isaiah McKenzie. He's like, hey, man, you know, go out there and prove that you can be productive with Josh Allen throwing you the football. Because I hate to say it, Isaiah McKenzie, when he does get his opportunity to shine, he can do it. And I think that, you know, he can be utilized in many different ways. He can be like a Debo Samuel for the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. Um, he He can run really fast. He can catch the football. I think that Buffalo should use... Should honestly find ways to utilize them like a Debo Samuel. Then you have, you know, Gabriel Davis, who had a very great second year. I think third year is going to be like a, a, 
prove it to us year, like prove it that you can be a number two receiver. Um, but I look at it this way: there's there's definitely some guys out there that are available for for the Bills. Um, you lost Sanders, you lost Beasley, um, you created up a lot of cap space, you restructured some contracts, you can sign a couple, you know a couple guys, if not one, to a decent deal. I mean, give them decent money because you have cleared up a good amount of cash space that you can be able to sign um, anybody that's at least decently available. Like, you, we all know that Diggs is going to be the number one until he's gone. Like, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. Like, Diggs is going to get a hell of a lot of production this year. Uh, hear, but hear me out here. What about a Mohamed Sanu for the Bills? Keep in mind, much like Julian Edelman, he was a high school quarterback, I believe. So right. now you can use him in kind of wildcat situations and real. You know, the thing is, Buffalo compared them to Kansas City. No one's going to be as creative on the offensive side is Andy Reid. I'm sorry. No one in the NFL right now will ever be as creative as Andy Reid because Andy Reid just finds new plays every day. Okay? But you bring in a Mohamed Sanu. He's not going to be your number one. He certainly is not going to be your number two. You know, you look down the depth chart, he might be a number four guy, but he's a guy you can bring in and say, hey, put Josh Allen out wide for this play, let's play a little trick. You know, I don't know, just throwing ideas out there. I mean, they do have a good amount of talent, like, good amount of depth on, in the receiving core. I mean, right now they have Diggs, they have Gabe Davis, they have Isaiah McKenzie, um, they have Jay Kumaro that they re-signed, so, um, there's decent enough production. I mean, you kind of had that like four receiver, but you, you got to add some more, you know, like at least another one. So that's why I'm thinking that they might go more in the route of drafting a receiver. Cause they did keep in contact with the Alabama receiver. And I think that he's somebody that can honestly, um, be added, like add a lot of production because if we've seen anything about Alabama receivers as of late, they end up doing amazing work. And I'm pretty sure he was the number one receiver in Alabama this past season. So, you know, there's something about these receivers that Nick Saban just knows how to make them into NFL stars. So, but right now, honestly, I could see it being this way. I think that they'll draft one and sign one. I think they're going to do a little bit of both. I don't think they're going to do one or the other. I think they're going to do both. I think they're going to draft a receiver, which would make a lot of sense in the future. And then I think they're going to sign one to like a one or two year deal, honestly. Yeah. I mean, so. T.Y. is also available. But the problem is T.Y. Hilton can't stay healthy. Like, that's, that's a big if right there. Because obviously, we've seen what he can do when he stays healthy. 2018, the last time they had a pretty good quarterback in Indy, 1,270 yards, six touchdowns, and he had a catch percentage of 63%, the highest in his career. 
Hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> if you can, and, and I said this about Eric Ebron, if you can get him back to 2018 numbers, you know, he's a steal at a free right. spot. But obviously, 32 years old, going to be 33, I believe, this year. It's going to be a big question mark of do you really want to take a risk on him? I mean, I would risk him over AJ Green, but that's what I was about to say. Yeah, honestly, I think I would take the risk because if he does, like, say, somehow does get hurt, I mean, you still have other guys and pieces around that you can yeah. throw in there. So I, I would honestly think I would take the risk on on that. Yeah. And honestly, but risk, but also somewhat of a reward. Because I would take the risk on signing him, but I would only sign him to a one-year deal. Yeah. Type of thing. You know what I mean? Like exactly. something temporary, so, like get him in, like an annual Sanders for a year, and then just go from yeah. there. So I guess scratch what I said about Sanu. I think T.Y. would be a decent addition for the Bills. Yeah. So I guess I, we can go on to... All right. Another big news. Yeah. Holy Just crap. Sean Watson is on the move, and he is going to Cleveland. Three first-round picks, and should I note, no Baker Mayfield in this deal. This looked a lot like that Kevin Costner draft day movie where the Browns traded three picks to get the number one pick, but obviously it wasn't for the number one pick. Um, Baker did demand a trade this week after the rumors came out. He said, you know, it's in the best interest considering that this relationship is unrepairable. Um, and initially the Browns said no. They said, we're not trading you. So now um, he wants to go to Indianapolis. A situation not that much better by any stretch. But as far as a coaching situation, might be a better situation over there. I mean, and this is where I see that they might be okay with honestly trading him. Not at you know the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Well, now you got no choice. And honestly, yeah. But then also, could they keep him? And then he somehow pulls out, and then they eventually trade him at like the trade deadline or something like that, and see what kind of you know production that or what they can get out of that. Could be a possibility, but then also he could just end up being released. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. Um, so yeah, well, we'll happen to see what happens with that. Yeah, but see, to see that now he's the highest paid quarterback. That uh, I don't like. Five no. years, two hundred thirty million, but it's. Not just like a certain amount guarantee; it's a fully guaranteed contract. That is, no. That's one insane. Two, he he had all these legal problems, and three, yeah. I saw an article he could still end up getting suspended by the NFL. So first off, Cleveland, you're taking one at big risk on yeah. him. Cleveland took. Way too high of a risk on this. Way too high. Um, Maybe that's why they're not planning on getting rid of Baker. Maybe they know that he's probably 
we're going to get suspended. And then they think, oh, well, but if we I keep Baker for like another year, at least we still have our quarterback. But then we also have one after but we get rid of him. That Baker's going to want to suit up. That's the big thing. What makes you think Baker's going to want to suit up? Like, you know, that'd be like them going back and saying, hey, you know, you're still our guy. And Deshaun Watson, he's suspended. Um, how would you like to play? If I was Baker, I'd be walking in there doing this. I'm sorry, I'm going to yeah. pull an Eli Manning. I'd be like, I'm not suiting up for you. You deal with it. Yeah, I, I'm just going to say this now. Um, I can see Baker holding out. Uh, Deshaun Watson getting suspended. Baker holding out, and then they have to go to, like... So, I think in Cleveland's best interest, even though they did give up like three first rounders for him, which means that they're not going to be drafting a quarterback in this in this draft unless it's a late rounder, is see if you can pick up a, another backup. Yeah. Because if you can pick up a third string guy, I hate to say they it, Cleveland, he might be your starter next year. <laughs> they might have Case Keenum, if I'm not mistaken. You might be so, right. I think they do have Case Keenum. Case Keenum, Cleveland fans. Just look at it this way. Cleveland fans, Case Keenum. It's trash. Maybe eight out of ten could be your starting quarterback next year. Yeah. Holy um, moly. Holy yeah, moly. Holy I, crap. <laughs> I just don't like this deal. That's, we're, that's kind of my final thoughts on it. I don't like the deal. Okay, you sat out a whole year. What makes us think that we're going to get the same Deshaun Watson that we had in Houston? Um, but you know what? Houston also, or um, Cleveland also has some wide receiver issues to address. I get they got Amari Cooper, but, you know, here's the thing. Will Fuller's out there. Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson have a bit of chemistry. Why not go out and get mm. him, you know? try to bulk up that offense a little bit more on the receiver end because otherwise you're paying him $260 million just to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb. Okay, so I guess this is a good point to leave off on. Um, so coming up, I don't know, are we good? Or? Yeah, we're good. Right. We're good. Sorry. just wanted to be sure. I wasn't sure if you were gathering any more thoughts there. So coming up... No. We'll be talking some March Madness, and then we got Tinkle on this. But, of course, I just got some breaking news from March Madness. Out of 17.3 million entries in the ESPN Ooh, Tournament yeah. Challenge, we only have one perfect bracket remaining as of Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern when we're taping. It might be down to zero by the time this show airs. So, better luck next year. Until then, um, we'll be right back discussing some NCAA in just a moment. Welcome back. Um, let's talk some March Madness, shall we? Um, by the way, had some fun up in Buffalo yesterday. Um, I know I'm taping on Friday, but just thought I'd say it was fun. Um, you know, I can't tell you the results yet because I haven't gone. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Here we go. Um, let's start with Loyola Chicago here. Um, a team that was expected to at least make the second round. I think a lot of brackets had him in the second round beating Ohio State. 
Well, Ohio State came in and won by 13. It was a 54-41 to 41 win, and the score doesn't tell the whole tale. It, well, it tells quite a bit of it. 54-61, one thing you can tell, it was a defensive game, okay? But Loyola shot 27%. If I showed you the shooting percentages, you would think it was a 30-point loss, easily. <laughs> You would think, if I didn't show you the shots taken, shots made, if I just showed you the percentage, you would think it was a 30 or 40 point victory for Ohio State. Nope, but shoots 27%, and should I note, Loyola also went 1 for 8 at the free throw line the entire game. You don't win games going 1 for 8 at the free throw line at that level. Right. <laughs> okay. And you especially don't win shooting 27%. The only thing that saved Loyola was their defense um, in that game. And had they made maybe half the free throws, they would have been in it. And should I note also, when the defense went to the full court press, that five minutes, uh, five or six minutes left in the game, they finally went full court press. It looked like they were really starting to prevent Ohio State from making shots. Which begs the question, why didn't you go to it sooner? Mm -hmm. I don't know. See, sometimes I think these coaches wait till it's too late. But <laughs> the biggest upset, though, of the week so far, St. Peter's, the Peacocks, got their first NCAA tournament win, upsetting Kentucky in overtime. Okay, they beat John Calipari, and wow, is all I can say. In overtime, nonetheless. No one expected them to win that game. Um, you know, I I didn't have In fact, I, I got to check to see how perfect my brackets are still. So, I don't know if you did one or not. Right? <laughs> nope. Yeah, Oops. so here we go. My one bracket, uh, it's a abysmal 16% correct. Um, yeah, just atrocious. 16% right. My other bracket, 66% correct. So far. And it's in second place in one of my leagues there. But, yeah, so, good stuff right there. Um, UConn went down, too, to New Mexico State. The Aggies beat UConn, and UConn looked pretty good. So, that one's another shocker. Um, and then, I don't think this one was as much of a shocker. Richmond winning... The Richmond Spiders, I think they beat Iowa, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see my bracket. Um, just give me one second. Sorry, guys, I shouldn't have closed it. Yeah, they beat Iowa 67-63. to I, I don't think anyone should be shocked by that one. Um, Richmond's pretty good. Um, Providence won, of course, as well. 
But the big surprise here, Michigan advanced past round number one. Um, Jawan Howard and company are moving on to the round of 32. Um, I'm trying to see who they play. Yeah, they'll play Tennessee. And I believe that was yesterday, actually. But, man, who would have thought Jawan Howard looked like a guy on the hot seat a few weeks ago and very well should have been fired for his antics in Wisconsin. But here he is. Um, so, so far, your thoughts hearing all these upsets. It's a tournament for a reason. I mean, it happens. Yeah. It's hell of a tournament so far. I mean, I'm just looking through. Illinois almost lost to Chattanooga. Um, let's see. I mean... Ah, man, I'm looking through, let's see, Arizona won, Arizona should be in the final four, um, but I, I think the biggest one, oh, here we go, St. Mary's, Indiana, we will talk more about that game in a moment, um, but St. Mary's completely destroyed him, North Carolina destroyed Marquette, um, we're still awaiting Davidson and Michigan State. They're in the first half. That should be interesting. Of course, Davidson is Steph Curry's old school. So, no one knew of Steph Curry until they won in the tournament back in 08. So, just thought I'd throw that out there. But, anyway, I can't update much more because, again, it's Friday night. I know we're in the middle of the round of 32. So with that, let's go over to Tinkle on this. And another big moment in the NCAA tournament. One of the rare moments. Now, you've had the ball get stuck between the rim and the backboard. That happens one too many times. But have you ever seen the ball get stuck between the backboard and the shot clock? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, before you continue, it's it's kind of a shame that they even have Boban Marjanovic there to be able to do it because he's a uh, class yeah. old name, yeah. and many times that's happened in NBA games, and um, they usually say, "Oh, go out there, you know, that we want Boban to go out there," and then he gets praised for doing it because yeah. he's seven five and you know. Has the wingspan of like an eight foot tall person. So, um, as far as this, it, um, it kind of makes some use of the cheerleaders yeah. because they did their whole cheerleading thing where the one cheerleader was on the end of the other one. Her up. She knocked the ball. This is after the ref, and you saw the ref there just jumping with one of the brooms trying to get it. And he just couldn't get the ball down. I knew that he was on a, a, a steel chair that as well. Too. Even like, on a chair, he couldn't get it. Here's an idea. And this is more on the ref as far as okay, this well, week's. How come they just can't get ladders for this stuff? Like I thought they, they do ladders. have ladders. Don't they cut down the nets? Yeah, then why can't you use a ladder just to get the ball out? Like, come on now. Yeah, I mean, this is great. I, 
First oh, off, man, there's a tinkle on let this me, moment. Let me, well, before we say that, let me just applaud the cheerleader. Great work. Great work. Great work, team. Indiana, something good happened to you this week beside, you know, outside of getting blown out like everyone expected because Indiana wasn't that good this year. But now flipping <laughs> it over to the ref, I think you shouldn't quit your day job, bud. Don't quit refing and um, yeah. maybe grow a few inches. And while you're doing that, please be sure to tinkle on this. <laughs> so, come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Come but, man. All right. On that note, we're done. Jason, what's coming up on No Final Bell this week? Um, Well, No Final Bell. Um, breaking news as of just like not that long ago. Uh, Cody Rhodes is the biggest um, asset in probably professional wrestling history as he started AEW and now is going to the company that he hasn't been with since 2016. But we do have a new champion and all that and more hmm. all on episode 30. I don't want to really spoil it too much, so please go out and watch it as we finally hit. Yep. So it's yep. crazy to think. Yep, hitting episode 30 so big, of course. Um, I'm trying to look at the schedule, be sure I update correctly. All right, so this weekend, the first oval at um, Texas Motor Speedway for the NTT IndyCar Series. We'll be recapping that. NASCAR is at Atlanta, the Atlanta Super Speedway, Mini Daytona is what they're now calling it, 28 degrees of banking, and actually this should be a tinkle on this runner-up, because this Twitter page, NASCAR Chasm, they're the um, NASCAR like satire comedy page, they posted, <laughs> if you don't think the drivers can overcome 28 degrees of banking, just remember anything in Atlanta can be overcome by 28. Oh, come on. <laughs> you get Jesus. this. Okay. You don't get tinkle on this this week. You get a round of applause. But, yeah, we'll be recapping Atlanta. Um, also, some huge surprising news. Um, David Land teased this on YouTube, and it was announced Friday. IMSA will feature a NASCAR at the 24 Hours of Le Mans, racing out of Garage 56, which is the non-competitive garage. But nonetheless, a modified NASCAR will be running at Le Mans this year, or next year, I believe. Interesting stuff is all <laughs> I can say. Um, so that's coming up. And for that don't understand modify what do you mean by that <laughs> yeah so they're adding headlights they're adding mirrors they're adding all sorts of parts to make so basically it's going to be an illegal nascar but looks like a nascar hmm. so it's gonna be more stocked than anything else so we'll it'll be, be like a normal car pretty yeah, much will be interesting to watch to say the least so we can't wait to talk that. Um, again, out of turn four, Tuesdays at five. And then, of course, no final bell Wednesdays at five. And if you don't watch any of those, 
please refer back to my message about Baker Mayfield to the Browns. <laughs> okay. And yeah, and actually that might be a Ricky Bobby moment right there. If you don't watch our shows, then you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But, all right. Until next Sunday. We will be back next Sunday if you don't decide to watch the other shows. But until then, guys, goodbye, everyone.